The Green Hornet. He hunts the biggest of all game, public enemies who try to destroy our America. With his faithful Filipino valet Cato, Vitri, daring young publisher, matches wits with racketeers and saboteurs, risking his life that criminals and enemy spies will feel the weight of the law by the sting of the Green Hornet. Ride with Britt Reed in the thrilling adventure, Appointments with Death. The Green Hornet strikes again. think you can't afford to buy another war bond. Figure it this way. If it hadn't been for our heroic fighting men and the ships and planes which war bonds made possible, Jap planes might now be strafing America's shores. The seventh war loan is to help crush Japan and forever prevent another Pearl Harbor. Yes, the freedoms you enjoy as an American can be made permanently secure with the purchase of more and more war bonds. And remember, you're not giving... You're just lending your dollars to speed the day of final victory. Buy another war bond today. And now, the Green Hornet. fashionable home on the east side of the city, the butler stood before the closed door of the study. After knocking discreetly, he tried to enter, but found the door locked. Uh, strange. Mr. Lowell doesn't usually lock himself in the study. Mr. Lowell, sir. Dinner is served, and madam is waiting. Please, don't stand there knocking on the door. Go in and tell Mr. Lowell I'm waiting, and dinner's getting cold. Door's locked, madam. Nonsense. Mr. Lowell never locks the study door. Joseph, sometimes I wonder if you... What was that? It was a shot, madam. What was that? I fear something's happened to Mr. Lowell. Mr. Lowell, are you all right, sir? Oh, do something, Joseph. Do something. Try to force the door open quickly. Yes, madam. Henry. Henry. Phone for a doctor, Joseph. Quick. Something's happened. Somebody's hurt him. Madam... I'm afraid it's too late for a doctor. Mr. Lowell has killed himself. Hi, Reed. Oh, good morning, actually. Come on in. I am in. <laughs> so I noticed. Did you get an interview with Mrs. Lowell? That I did. But she didn't have much to say. I see. 
Well, I didn't expect you'd get very much information from her. Helen Lowell isn't the type who'll talk to reporters. Oh, you know the Lowells, then? Yes, I've known them for quite a long time. Henry Lowell was a member of the Civic Club. Did you uh, get a look at the suicide note? No, but Sergeant Burke told me what was in it. Off the record, of course. Seems Lowell had been paid blackmail because of a threat to send some scandal out of his past life to that dirty scandal sheet, the Scorpion News. I see. Now, that paper keeps it within the law by publishing scandal that can be proven. It's too bad its publication can't be stopped. Who's behind that Scorpion rag, anyway? Well, nobody knows, Axford. Perhaps if we did know, something could be done to stop it. But as you know, Reed, according to the story we got from headquarters last night, Mrs. Lowell stated that there was something more behind that suicide and that she was going to hire detectives to try to find the guy responsible. Yes, I know. But... Yes, Miss Case? Mrs. Lowell is calling Mr. Reed on line two. Oh, thanks. I'll take it. Hello? Hello, Britt. This is Helen Lowell. Oh, yes, Helen. I'm very sorry about Henry. Thank you, Britt. It's been quite a shock, of course. Yes, I know. I need some advice, Britt, and that's why I called. You see, in view of the statement of the press that I intended to follow this thing, by hiring detectives. Mr. Kilburn of the Kilburn Detective Agency phoned and offered his services. Do you know anything about him? Uh, is he capable, I mean? Clifford Kilburn? Well, yes, I know him. Uh, Henry and I both became acquainted with Kilburn at the Civic Club. He's said to be a very good detective. Well, I'm glad to hear that. I asked him to come over at 3 o'clock. I wonder if you could drop in at that time, too. There are some facts I haven't disclosed that I'd like you to know. Well, of course, Helen. I'll drop by at 3. Oh, I knew I could count on you, Britt. I'll look for you then. Goodbye. I'll be there. Bye, Helen. It was nice of you to come, Britt. You say you know Mr. Kilburn? Oh, yes. How are you, Cliff? Fine, Britt. Fine. Mrs. Lowell tells me that you've offered your services. Yes. Frankly, I have a couple of clients who've been caught in the blackmailing racket connected with the Scorpion News. Oh, really? That's right. So you see, I'm interested in this case, too. By taking the various angles of the individual cases, I hope to make a case that will finally point to the blackmailer. Of course. And the blackmailer would, in my opinion, turn out to be the backer of the Scorpion News. I agree with you, Britt. Mr. Kilburn, I'm convinced that you're the person to handle this case. I want you to go to the limit to find out who that monster is. Thank you, Mrs. Hall. I promise you I'll do my best. I'm sure you will. Now, gentlemen, I'll come right to the point. My husband left a note for me, which, of course, I showed to the police. Yes, I know. The police didn't release the exact contents of that note to the press, but they hinted that fear of scandal was behind Henry's uh, action. Britt, Henry had paid out quite a large sum in blackmail over a period of time. Then he received a demand for more than he could pay. So he refused to pay it? Wait. Why, yes, he did, Mr. Kilburn. The matter for which he was being blackmailed was... Uh, was an infatuation my husband had some time ago for another woman. Of course, he didn't want me to know about it. I see. Poor Henry, like most men, he didn't realize that I suspected it at the time and had long forgiven and forgotten. Anyway... Two days ago, he came to me and told me everything and promised to turn the matter over to the police. Well, then why didn't he contact the police? When he refused the payment of blackmail, he received a note, a threat. Henry was very nervous and overwrought. It was fear that caused him to take his own life. So that was it. Did Mr. Lowell tell you about the threat against his life? No, I guess he didn't want me to worry about it. Fear seems to stifle a person's reasoning powers. He didn't stop to think how his... 
His death would affect me. Did you tell the police about the other note? No, it, it was enclosed with a suicide note. I decided to keep it and turn it over to a detective rather than publicize it by giving it to the police. Here it is. Hmm. Printed. Unless you come across with a 20,000, you'll die at midnight tonight. And it's signed with a crudely drawn death's head. Yes. Henry must have received that yesterday morning. The worry and suspense was too much for him. It was between seven and eight last night when, when he... I know. <laughs> if he'd called the police for protection, he would have had nothing to fear. Maybe so. But I'm convinced we're dealing with a very smart man. The writer of that note might have carried out his threat in spite of any protection. Well, that doesn't seem possible, Clef. I wouldn't be too sure. May I have that note, Mrs. Lowe? Well, well, of course. If there's anything more I can do or tell you that will help Mr. Kilburn, please call on me. I want you to keep at it until you find the man responsible. Don't worry, Mrs. Lowe. I give you my word I'll do all I can to find him. And the Daily Sentinel will do what it can to help. A few editorials advising people to report blackmailing cases to the police might bring forth a lead. Such editorials might force the blackmailer to more desperate measures, Britt. Perhaps if you wait a while and let me handle things... I we'll... don't agree with you on that, Cliff. I run a newspaper. And the sooner we can get that criminal to show his hand, the better. Hmm. Have it your way, then. But don't say I didn't tell you. We'll keep the matter alive in the Sentinel until he is caught. You can count on that. Yes, Miss Case. Clifford Kilborn is here to see you, Mr. Reed. Well, tell him to come right in. Yes, sir. Well, I suppose Cliff is coming to object to the publicity we're giving his search for the black money. Good afternoon, Cliff. Come right in. I came over to show you something very interesting, Britt. Well, have a chair. Thanks. Remember I told you your editorials would start something? Well? Look at this. Well, don't tell me it's a note from the man you're hunting. Read it. You're next. Wherever you are at midnight tonight, you will die. Huh. This is signed with the same crude drawing. It was sent by the same man, all right. But, Cliff, you don't really believe such a thing is possible. Of course, you'll, you'll take the proper precautions. <laughs> I'm not afraid, if that's what you mean. But I don't hold that note lightly by any means. I'll have police at my home tonight. Good. You can publicize this threat. Then tomorrow I'll give you a statement to print showing I'm still alive. And continuing the hunt for the would-be killer. Do you plan to be at your home at midnight, Cliff? Yes. I've been threatened by killers before this. In the basement of my home, I have an experimental laboratory where I work at night. It has double steel doors and steel shutters on the windows. When those are closed, no one can possibly get to me. That's where I'll be at midnight tonight. Good. Now, I'll come over to your place with one of our reporters. I want to cover that story myself. <laughs> well, perhaps you think I'm silly to take all those precautions. But it's necessary to make sure he fails, to show others who might be threatened that precaution can prevent their deaths. Yes. That's better than letting their fear drive them to suicide, as in the case of Henry Lowell. Well, that's what I'm out to prove tonight. He won't succeed, so don't worry. But he may show up and leave some clue. Then the hunt will go on stronger than ever. See you later, Britt. All right, Cliff. Goodbye. I'll be waiting whenever you come out, Mr. Britt. Good. Come on, Axford. <laughs> From the looks of things, they got cops all around the place. 
See you later, kiddo. Hold on there, you two. Hi, Sarge. It's me and Reed. Oh, you I Good evening, Mr. Reed. Hello, Sergeant Burke. I see you're on the alert around here. That we are, sir. I have men posted around the grounds. One in inside each door. Besides that, there's a couple of them in the basement of the East Wing, where the experimental room is that Mr. Kilburn is fixing to use. Well, I must say, you've taken every precaution. <laughs> Even the Green Hornet himself couldn't get near the house with all that protection. That he couldn't, actually. <laughs> Inspector Evans is in the reception hall, Mr. Reed. Mr. Kilburn has gone on down to the experimental room. You can go right on in. I'll join you later after I check things once more. All right, thanks, Sergeant. Come on, actually. Sergeant Burke told us you were in here, Inspector, so we came right on in. You know Mike Axford, of course. Sure, me and the Inspector are all friends. Yeah, that's right. Well, Kilburn's down in the experimental laboratory, and the men are all at their posts. Uh, do you think anything can really happen, Inspector? Well, frankly, I don't see how it possibly can, Axford. We'll soon know. According to my time, it's uh, very close to midnight. Well, if you ask me, Inspector, I'd say that... Listen, that must be 12 o'clock striking now. It is, Axford. We'll wait around a while until Kilburn leaves the lab, and then we'll go on down and see what happens. and snakes. What was that? Inspector, do you think someone... That explosion came from the direction of the east wing. But it isn't possible it... Come on. There's a corridor through the door over there that leads to that wing of the house. Look! There's smoke down at the other end of the corridor. Stairway of the basement's down there. But whatever it was, I'm sure Here it comes was... Sergeant Burke. Inspector, I was just coming for you. What happened, Sergeant? Plenty. There was an explosion inside the lab. Blew the heavy door right off and hurt one of our men. Holy crow. What about Clifford Kilburn? Blown to bits, Mr. Reed. And it happened at the stroke of midnight. Just like that note said it would happen. We'll continue our Green Hornet adventure in just a moment. Young women... Serve your country in time of war and prepare yourself for an interesting and useful career. Join the U.S. Cadet Nurse Corps of the U.S. Public Health Service today. All expense scholarships are still available in a few Michigan schools of nursing. You will continue to receive full scholarship privileges if you are enrolled in the Corps 90 days before the end of the war. Here in Michigan, the address is Michigan Nursing Council for War Service, 51 West Warren Avenue, Detroit 1, Michigan. That's Michigan Nursing Council for War Service, 51 West Warren Avenue, Detroit 1, Michigan. And now back to the Green Hornet. several hours after the almost unbelievable happening at Kilbourne's home. Britt Reed was discussing the event with Cato and Axford in the living room of his apartment. Yeah, it still doesn't seem possible that anyone could have reached Kilbourne inside that experimental laboratory. Well, we can't deny that somebody did, Reed. It sure made headlines for an extra. Look at that. Killer makes good threat. Kilburn murdered at midnight. Police hunt missing houseman. Yeah, we've read that, Axford. I'd feel lots better if we didn't have such news to print. By the way, I wonder who was the last to see that houseman. Well, Sarge says the plainclothes man who rode home with Kilburn at dinner time told him the houseman let them in. Seems the guy lives over the garage out there with his wife. 
She was sort of housekeeper for Kilburn. She's the one who reported her missing, you know. Yeah, I know. He was supposed to go off duty at 10 o'clock. But uh, there's no evidence that two men were inside the room when it blew up? No. They identified the charred remains they did find as Kilburn. Uh, it was Kilburn, all right. As you know, they found his ring with his initials inside it. And a bit of cloth that was like the suit he'd been wearing. That policeman who was hurt was fortunate it wasn't more serious. Oh, Cassidy, you mean? Sure, it was just a hard blow in the back of the head he got. He was standing with his back to the door of the experimental room. The edge of the door, or maybe a bolt from one of the hinges, smacked him like as not. Could be. Does he still insist he didn't hear the whole clock strike just before the explosion? That he does read. Sarge was right around the corner of the basement corridor talking to the other guard. They both say they heard that big hall clock strike several times before it happened. But Cassidy swears he never heard it. Well, it did strike several times, as we know. Sure it did. I remember saying, that must be 12 o'clock now. Then it happened. Perhaps blow on head keep Cassidy from remembering. Well, maybe so. But he remembers everything else right up to that point. He recalls hearing Sarge talking law to the other guard. <laughs> Cassidy likes to be different about things anyway. <laughs> He remembers speaking to Kilburn just before that, when he came down to go into the experimental room, too. Well, I suppose Cassidy was the one who locked Kilburn in the room. No. Kilburn told him the door would lock automatically. I see. Well, it'll soon be dawn if we don't turn in. Uh, soon a little sleep will do us all good. <sighs> Say, Reed, do you think the guy behind that scorpion scandal sheet's responsible for Kil Kilburn's murder? I certainly do, Axford. The Daily Sentinel is going to keep the issue alive until the ruthless killer is brought into light. You can count on that. Well, Miss Case, you didn't take a very long lunch hour. No, I didn't. I got... Oh, I'll get it, Mr. Reed. Mr. Reed's office? Casey, this is Axford. Let me talk to Reed and hurry it up. Oh, it's you, Axford. Just a minute. Axford, Mr. Reed. I wonder what he wants now. Hello, Axford. What do you want? Reed, wait till you hear. Another one of them notes has turned up. What? That's right. A wealthy broker named Gridley who lives by himself in a two-room suite at the downtown hotel got a note telling him to pay 25000 or he die at midnight tonight. He just phoned headquarters. So what do they intend to do about it? Seems he's been paying blackmail for some time. He wants to pay this, too. Without the cops, I don't know. They told him not to pay. They're all going to go to his apartment tonight and sit right there with him. I see. Inspector Evans says if you and me want to go along, it's okay, Reed. I wouldn't miss it, Axford. I'll meet you here tonight and we'll go over together. Right. And here's hoping the killer don't get to Gritty like he did to Kilburn. Let's hope not. You get all the facts you can and I'll see you later. Okay, Reed. Goodbye. Goodbye, Axford. Something serious, Mr. Reed? Yes, very. It seems as though our editorials are heading home. A man named Gridley received one of those blackmailers' threatening notes and called the police. Let's hope he doesn't pay with his life for doing the right thing. Well, Mr. Gridley, the time's getting close. With this crowd here with you, I'm sure you have nothing to worry about. Well, I, I must admit I'm a little nervous, Inspector. After what happened to my friend Kilborn last night... You uh, knew Mr. Kilborn then? Why, yes, I did, Mr. Reed. I told him a short time back that I was having uh, certain uh, uh, difficulties, that I was thinking of hiring a private detective. He offered to take the case for me. I see. <laughs> Looks like it was hard luck for people to know poor Kilborn. Of course, Kilborn himself had the hard luck, Axford. I suppose, Mr. Gridley, 
You didn't let anyone in here all evening like I warned you. That's right, Sergeant Burke. The only person who came in before you came at 9.30 was the officer in uniform who was sent up to investigate the apartment. I went in, lay down for a while. I heard him leave just before you came. Officer? One of our men? I guess you must have sent one of the boys here, Inspector. I didn't. Well, no, I didn't send anyone. And if you didn't, then... Wait, don't answer that. There's two phones on your desk. Which is that ringing? Well, one's a hotel phone. The other, the one that's ringing, is a private line I use for confidential matters. Very few people have that number. Do you have a cane handy, Mr. Goodley? In that closet over there. But I'd better answer the phone. Wait, before. I say. Get the cane, Sergeant. Yes, sir. But I don't see you why... you better wait, as the inspector says, Mr. Gridley. I got it. Here it is. Good. Move back, Mr. Gridley, while I lift the receiver off with this cane. Well, Inspector, if you expected a booby trap, that ain't it. I'll answer now before they hang up. Hello? Put that down. That was fast work, Mr. Reed, but there wasn't any reason to... Sergeant, look. Something's happening to Mr. Goodley. That's what I was afraid of. My watch says exactly midnight. We've got to work fast if we hope to save his life. Sure good to be home, Cato. It's already 2 a.m. We're getting very little sleep the past few nights. Yes, sir. You say Mr. Gridley going to be all right? Yes, Cato, but he had a narrow escape. That killer used a very ingenious method. Oh, what did he do? He gained entrance to the apartment, unscrewed the mouthpiece of the private phone, and inserted a tiny crystal bulb so thin that when anyone might speak into the phone, the vibrations of the diaphragm inside would cause the tiny bulb to break. Oh, what bulb contained? A deadly gas, one good whiff of which would cause instant death. Gridley got only a trace of it, since the bulb must have broken when the inspector hit the receiver with a cane. Mr. Gridley, very fortunate you all suspect the phone. Oh, I just remember, Mr. Britt. I find letters stuck on the door just before you arrive. If they're on the table. Oh, we'd stick a letter under our door, especially this late at night. Let's see. Hmm. Britt Reed, printed on the envelope. Uh-oh. What's the matter, Mr. Britt? Cato, this is it. Listen. Reed, it's no use warning you to lay off those editorials. So this is to tell you you'll get yours at midnight Thursday. And it's signed with the death's head. It's already 2 a.m. Thursday. That means next midnight, Mr. Britt. Yes, but we're not going to sit around and wait, Cato. I have tucked away a few items in my mind that may lead to something, yet they're not definite enough to give to the police. And this note gives me another item. You mean Green Hornet to go out instead? Right. We'll take the Black Beauty right now. Come on. What you do first, Mr. Britt? First, I'm going to stop in the vicinity of a public phone booth. I want you to put in a call to police headquarters. Why I called police? Tell them the Green Hornet was seen entering the offices of the Kilburn Detective Agency. And then we'll lay low for a while and let things happen. Why do you wait here in shadows and watch windows of Detective Agency? Police already have come and gone, Mr. Britt. Yes, I know. By now, the report you gave has been broadcast, as we heard on the car radio. I'm hoping it'll bring someone out of hiding to find out. Look. Someone using a flashlight up there. 
Come on. He must have gone in the back way. We've got to get there before he leaves. There's the office door. The police have already investigated the regular files right after Kilburn's death, but found nothing of value. Why is someone come here now, then? Well, there must be hidden files, maybe in a secret wall safe that would be of interest to that uh, someone. I'll open the door. Be quiet. He's in the other room. Through that door, perhaps. Yes. And it sounded as though he closed a wall safe in there. When we get back against the wall, he'll be coming out here soon. You think it's missing houseman, maybe? Well, you'd soon know. Shh. Hold it, killer. You not shoot good in the dark. This will do it. Turn your light on. Take a look. Yes, sir. What? It's Mr. Kierborn. Right. And with a bag filled with evidence of blackmailing that'll settle him for good. Phone the police again, Cato, while I stick a seal on this rotten killer. He'll soon get his appointment with death in the chair. <laughs> you think Kilborn not dead? That he's the one who do blackmail and send notes? Well, it dawned on me gradually from those little items in my mind I mentioned. What items, Mr. Britt? Kilborn was in a position to get the goods on a great many people that could be used for blackmail since he was a detective. Oh, that's true. In both Lowell's and Gridley's cases, he was right there to offer his services when they were about to hire detectives. He afraid other detectives find them out, perhaps. Yes. When talking to Mrs. Lowell, he knew and mentioned that her husband refused to pay the blackmail demand... Before she actually told us. That's not good. And he asked Mrs. Lowell if her husband had told her about the threat against his life. Yet she hadn't yet mentioned what kind of a threat it was. That when you get suspicious? No, but I began to suspect when Cassidy swore he hadn't heard that big clock striking. When everybody else had heard it. I don't understand. It came to me that he could have been struck down from behind before the explosion took place. Of course, he thought his injury was the result of the explosion. Oh, that give Kilborn chance to slip out and hide somewhere in basement, leaving Houseman dressed in his clothes and wearing his ring in the room with time bomb. Right. I didn't mention it to the police because they were convinced of Kilburn's death, and I still wasn't sure. It could have been the Houseman who did the killing. You learn other things then? Yes. His efforts to warn me against using editorials in the Sentinel told me that they might force the blackmailer to more desperate measures. The note he left for me clinched things when he wrote, it's no use warning you to lay off those editorials. You see, Kilborn was the only one who had warned me. You figure then that he have secret files of names and material for blackmail someplace. Maybe an office. He worry about the police and Hornet. And go to make certain it's all safe. That's what I figured, Cato. And he fell for it. Now the Scorpion News will go out of business and Kilborn will go out of circulation. The way he planned for his victims. At a given time. Thanks to Green Hornet, State will make appointment with death for Kilburn. You forget the Hornet and step on it, Cato. Brett Reed got an appointment with a nice, soft bed. That's the last Kilburn confesses to blackmail and murder. Green Hornet implicated. Read all about it. Green Hornet still at large. Sentinel X-ray. Paper. 
men between 30 and 50 years of age are urgently needed by the American Red Cross to serve our armed forces as assistant field directors both at home and overseas. If you like people, and if your educational background and experience qualify you to deal closely with men and their personal and family problems, and if you're in good physical health, consult your local Red Cross chapter for complete details. Be sure to listen to The Green Hornet next week at this same time. copyrighted dramas originate in the studios of WXYZ Detroit. All characters, names, places, and incidents are fictitious. Bob Hall speaking. This is the Michigan Radio Network.